there. Welcome to Selling Jean, the podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Harris, and I'm really excited, thrilled actually, to bring Selling Jean, the podcast, to you. This is our first of many episodes, and I couldn't think of a more skilled and, and thoughtful subject matter expert to chat with me today than Rochelle Jacques, CEO of Enzavant. And Enzavant is a biotech that develops and delivers transformative regenerative therapies to patients with rare diseases. Rochelle, welcome. Thanks for your time. Oh, thanks for inviting me, Erin. Excited to be here. Good, good. All right. Well, let's just jump in head first. Uh, all right. So talk to us about your path to Enzavant. You know, did you set out to be the become the CEO of a biotech? Did you always have your sites, your professional sites set on this industry all along? You know, tell us about what got you here. It's, it's a great question. I, um, I think it's uh, more about, um, you know, probably as far back as I can remember, wanting to be in extreme challenges and, yeah. uh, you know, really getting a lot of fulfillment out of taking on extreme challenges. I think over the course of my career, while I've done a number of different things, um, the, the kind of common theme there was, um, you know, in that kind of environment and developing high performing teams to really drive breakthrough innovations, whether that's around a product or a business model or what have you. And, uh, you know, so I think the, the opportunity to, you know, really have that kind of a leadership opportunity uh, is, um, you know, in that contribution um, makes, you know, the CEO role, uh, perhaps a natural ambition for me. And, uh, and then there's regenerative medicine. So, uh, you know, to me, it's, it's like, it's the ultimate in biotech right now. It's super exciting. It's super challenging. For sure. And, uh, is, is, you know, feels very much like home <laughs> as a result. So yeah. And I, you know, if I think about the particular work we're doing at Enzavant, you know, as you mentioned, it's uh, to, we're working on tissue-based regenerative mm -hmm. uh, therapies for rare diseases, for patients who don't have any other options. It's, it's a pretty good mission. And it's, a, it's definitely one that gets me excited every day. Yeah, for sure. Certainly steeped with altruism. That's for sure. Uh, so I spend some time certainly on looking at your, your background and your profile and your, your business background is, is extensive and, and you bring quite a bit to, you know, the business side of this. So how has your background in, in business helped you steer Enzavant as it continues to develop these regenerative therapies? you know, talk to us about a little bit about that, the business background. Yeah, I, um, I came up through, uh, you know, leadership ranks and financial, commercial and operational roles and in the, in a specialty materials market environment for many years, um, and working in North America, Europe, as well as, um, in Asia. So, you know, it's pretty broad. And I had that broad experience before I moved into biopharma. And then, um, you know, of course, now in, in biotech. And I, I find it to be pretty helpful, actually, because, you know, right now in regenerative medicine, there's, there's a lot of you know, innovation that needs to happen. And I think being a bit of a, a bit of an insider and a bit of an outsider at the same time, uh, at least gives me the kind of um, flexibility and thinking that, um, you know, it's a, it's a bit of an advantage because I, I think it does allow me to not operate within the status quo and, you know, really use that as a, as a way to, you know, drive innovation and really, um, you know, support the team. I mean, think about developing 
complex tissue-based uh, regenerative medicines, we have to absolutely think differently. And mm-hmm. uh, we use that past as a, as a springboard, but, you know, definitely don't want to use that past as a, as a box to be in. And so, you know, I think I, I bring a little bit of an objective point of view and a different point of view mm-hmm. uh, that is, you know, allows the team as well to challenge some of the traditional assumptions. You know, we don't have to always do it that way. And, and generally speaking, that doesn't work very well. <laughs> for the kind of work that we're doing. Um, so yeah, so I think it's, a, it's been, it's been um, a really nice background, uh, certainly not a traditional one, but a really nice one for being able to support the team and driving their innovation every day. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of the work that Enzavant is doing, I want to talk a little bit about your lead asset, uh, which is the Investigational Regenerative Therapy RVT802. Uh, for congenital athemia. So talk to us about what it is, what's next for RVT802, and also can you give us an update on FDA approval, where we are with that? Yeah, definitely. So, um, so uh, you know, RVT eight hundred two is a, it's a it's a tissue based um, regenerative medicine. It is uh, one time mm-hmm. uh, therapy that is targeted for children with congenital athemia, meaning they're born without a thymus. And if they're born without a thymus, it means that they can't um, make functioning T cells. And so they are, you know, um, uh, it's, it's, it's quite devastating in that they have um, uh, an immune system that doesn't function and they can't fight even the most, you know, common infection like a cold. Um, so it is devastating. And um, so RVT802, uh, we actually filed our BLA uh, in 2019. Mm-hmm. I had a priority review and uh, got to the end and received a complete response letter from the FDA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, you know, in, in this regenerative medicine space, we see a lot of challenges in the CMC space, the manufacturing, you know, chemistry manufacturing controls. Um, and it is, you know, not uncommon to see where, you know, companies are having delays in their filings where, um, even the FDA is doing a refuse to file. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, a complete response letters like, like we received. And so ours was, uh, was focused on CMC questions uh, by the agency. Uh, so that was December 2019. And over the last then for about 16 months, honestly, it was like a sprint for 16 months, which is a pretty um, intense kind of, a, 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 of an endeavor, but uh, especially with a pandemic underway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were able to complete all of the work that was necessary to be able to address the agency's concerns and their questions. There was a, you know, I would say, as always in this space, still more innovation to be done, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, driving a lot of technical work streams and and you know, processes, controls. Um, but uh, we resubmitted in April and now have a new uh, action date of October eighth of this year. So we are um, in the review period. And, uh, you know, I think the big thing right now for most companies in, in our shoes uh, is, you know, we, we know that the agency is really busy mm-hmm. and um, they have a significant backlog in inspections. And that is really key to, you know, uh, an approval in regenerative medicine. Uh, and, you know, luckily, um, you know, thinking about where, 
you know, where the agency is prioritized, you know, Enzavance RBT 802 really falls, you know, squarely into what the agency consider, considers as mission critical as they prioritize inspections. And so we do have, um, you know, confidence that the agency will, um, you know, do their best to mm-hmm. do the review within the, the six month time period. And, uh, you know, in the meantime, we're, um, you know, we're, we're certainly engaging with them and uh, honestly appreciate, you know, knowing, knowing what this last year has meant to everybody in the industry, as well as the FDA, you know, really appreciate the, the focus and, and commitment that they have uh, to priority reviews like ours. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, next stop, next stop, October. So that's good. That's it. Uh, <laughs> all right. I want to talk a little bit about more about tissue-based therapy in in general. Um, you know, how far have we come with tissue-based therapy? How much more work is there to be done? You know, we talk a lot about innovation, but specifically, you know, what, what's what's what lies ahead? Yeah, tissue dealing with uh, tissues and and uh, tissue based therapies are you know they're they're incredibly complex and so yeah you know, I think we've made a lot of advancement on the clinical side mm-hmm. and uh, and that's you know that's been over a couple of decades uh, but uh, it's really around the the CMC this in particular around the manufacturing and controls. Sure. We are on a steep learning curve still, and you think about um, you know the 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 difficulties in traditional biologics, you know, development and and uh, manufacturing. You know, when you now are starting with a structure like a tissue that is already complex in itself, it is um, you know it just kind of layers on these complexities and. Uh, so I think there's a lot more work to be done in terms of being able to manufacture, if you will, uh, you know, tissue-based therapies uh, and and know that um, you know know what you're controlling for, knowing what you're predicting, and you know, being able to measure those things uh, in a way that you've got some confidence that the safety and efficacy that that was demonstrated in clinical trials is repeatable. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that's really the area where, you know, there, there's a lot of surrounding innovation that's necessary too. You think about um, things around, you know, everybody talks about assays. That's, mm-hmm. that's certainly a hot topic. Um, but, you know, it's a good example of the kind of, of, you know, surrounding innovation that's necessary too. But, you know, I, if I just use RBT-802 as an example of the complexity, and we start with human thymus tissue, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's from something completely unrelated, but we're, you know, bringing that into our manufacturing process and where it undergoes a kind of extensive, um, you know, culturing and so on in our facility, so that at the end, we have a product that the patient can tolerate, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time is creating a, a potential for a functioning kind of thymus environment where they can develop their own naive T cells. So it's a, it's a, you know, not just an orchestration on the, on the manufacturing, uh, you know, side of things, but um, even then, if you broaden that kind of scope out to what are the rest of the things that need to, that need to be different and orchestrating that entire supply chain is super complex Mm -hmm. because there are, you know, very strict limitations on how we move these materials around and, and um, and how we orchestrate when the patient can be available 
in sure. the very narrow window of treatment and, you know, release, you know, release time and treatment um, for, you know, for the product to be viable. So it is, it, it's incredibly, incredibly complex. Um, you know, we, there's no playbook and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we have to create our own and we have created our own, but I, I what I think um, is the really good news here is that, Every one of us, every company like Ensvant that's taking a step forward and you know moving the needle on these on these areas of complexity, you know, we're able to build off from that, and um, and mm-hmm. and I think it's going to contribute a lot to the future. I personally think that regenerative medicine has a, a, a just so much potential for changing the face of medicine as we know it. Yeah, but we have to start somewhere. You know, this, and we're really just, we're believe it or not, even though it's been a few decades, we're really just at the beginning. Absolutely. We covered extensively on cell and gene. And I couldn't agree with you more that it is truly, you know, in many ways, the future of medicine. And so, uh, and, and it's regarding CNC, CMC, excuse me, manufacturing. I think we'll have to, you know, dedicate an entire podcast just to that. Uh, we'll have Absolutely. to come back and talk just manufacturing uh, down the road. Um, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about um, being patient focused. And I know that certainly the people, the, the patients that Enzavant has therapies for their rare diseases, like you said, one time therapy. And I noticed that certainly Enzavant's website is very patient focused in the language that it uses, um, more so than it is knee deep in the science language. And I would assume that's certainly by design and it's very nice to see actually as someone who's you know a third party objective reading it. Um, talk to us though about patient centricity and how focus on the patient is driving your team to bring these curative therapies to the patient population that it's serving? Yeah, I, I think, you know, in, in biotech, we all love working on cool science, but mm-hmm. ends of ant, you know, uh, at, when we think about what drives every single one of us, it is, it is around the patients and their families. I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking mm-hmm. about children, so it's really the entire family and they're the ones who, you know, inspire our work and make it, um, you know, make make the the need palpable. And um, you know, I think if I tell you a little bit about the the children with congenital thymia, well, um, I think it'll be obvious why we care so much about about um, these families. So uh, there is no there is no proof therapy for um, mm-hmm. these children. As I mentioned, you know, they don't have a functioning immune system, and so mm-hmm. even a common cold can can be fatal. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them die by the age of two or three. And, you know, unfortunately, in that time, you know, during those few years, they're enduring just a horrific medical journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and the families, um, you know, the families have to isolate. And we had a little taste of what it means to stay at home. Sure. They strictly isolate with, you know, kind of uh, almost you know, hospital kind of sterilization procedures in their own homes. And that's how they're living. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, usually a, a parent has to quit their job. They're pulling the older siblings out of school and homeschooling so that they aren't bringing infections home. No yeah. more sports, no more church. So, you know, it is um, it's incredibly shocking. And unfortunately, 
that's probably the good part of their story because of the rest of the time they're, they're spending in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in uh, studies we've done recently, uh, we saw on average, these children are spending more than 150 days a year in the hospital. Oh, boy. And, yeah, you know, yeah. this is, and on the extreme end, there were, you know, there are a handful of children, 355, 365 days in a year. They're, they're basically living in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so it's devastating, you know, not so many, you know, infections, procedures, they're battling sepsis, sometimes yeah. multiple times. So you can only imagine what it's like for the impact on the entire family, for, you know, the child um, and, uh, and, and honestly, for the healthcare system. It's, it's a, you know, it's a significant burden on all stakeholders. And then at the end, we, you know, we know the outcome. And so this is why, you know, when we think about the importance of our work and how mm-hmm. we prioritize our, our time and our energy and our resources at Enzavant. That's why we do that um, really focused around patients and their families and thinking about, you know, if we're going to do this, what's the impact for the patient and the family? And we and we really do try to drive all of our decisions um, with that kind of questioning and that kind of focus, mm-hmm. um, because like every company, you know, we could spend our time and our resources, all kinds of places. Um, certainly there are finite resources and we want to make sure that we have the most impact. Uh, so that's what drives us. Um, it is uh, certainly inspirational as we get to know these families who have, you know, at least, you know, for the children who have been treated in the clinical trials and mm-hmm. getting for the families and the kids as they're growing up, it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. certainly is, is keeping us, keeping us focused on that, um, you know, getting to that finish line with the FDA so that we can really um, start to start to um, deliver for these kids. Right. Right. Oh God. I, Oh, you know, and as a parent, even as a parent, you hear this and you're like, oh my God, I just, I just can't even imagine. But that's unbelievable. It's oh, really, un- I've never seen anything like it. I've been working in rare disease for a number of years and I've never seen anything like this. No. Well, certainly though, Enzavant is clearly on the right road. And that's actually my very next question was what, what is on the horizon, you know, waiting for FDA Yep. What's what else is on the horizon for friends event? Yeah, so we um, so kind of with that with the whole uh, mindset around focusing on on first what's most important for patients. Our our um, focus has been as fast as possible to mm-hmm. a U.S. FDA approval, and following that, then there are a number of things that we know we need to do. So additional um, we're we're doing additional development work because today the way that treatment works is there's one center of excellence. So these mm-hmm. children and their families travel to Duke, which has deep expertise in the treatment of, of children with congenital athymia. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty tricky for families that are living across the country. For sure. And, you know, you can't just get on a commercial aircraft when you've got, a, a, you know, no immune system. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we want to be able to bring the therapy closer to mm-hmm. um, to where to where um, the families are, so that's first order of business is being able to expand to additional centers. Uh, second is you know is 
congenital athymia isn't really uh, unique to the United States. And uh, we've already engaged with uh, European regulators. We have orphan drug de designation in uh, Europe, um, mm -hmm. as well as uh, RVT-802 has been you know, ATMP classified. So we have initial discussions there and we're continuing with those to find the regulatory path forward in, in Europe. And, and we'll look elsewhere as well, of course. Um, and then, you know, I think if you look at some of the underlying, um, you know, science that is behind RVT-802, really looking at how else can we leverage that in other kind of immune, um, you know, challenged uh, situations for rare disease patients. But we'll continue to be focused on you know, regenerative medicine for rare diseases. And, um, and that's, you know, that's, that's something that drives us all and, you know, I think as we're 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 working with these ambitions to you know reach um, more and more patients and and be able to you know change the course of their stories. Um, mm -hmm. It's been you know it's it's uh, again it's rewarding work, and I really couldn't be more proud of the team. Uh, you know, I think about what what's been accomplished over the last you know more than a year, Absolutely. especially in the face of a pandemic. Right. Sometimes with people who've never even met each other live, and uh, and this team is just remarkable. Not just not just resilient, but um, really, um, uh, I'd say demonstrating a lot of grit. So before we head out, uh, well, first of all, certainly good things on the roadmap for sure. Uh, but before we sign off. Um, I want to give our listeners a glimpse into who my guests are when they leave the office or the lab. Um, and so at the end of each episode, and because again, this is the first, at the end of each episode, I'm going to ask each of my guests the exact same thing, which is describe your ideal Saturday. Oh, I love Saturday. <laughs> who doesn't <laughs> uh, Saturday is such a good day yes so my ideal Saturday um is uh well everything starts with coffee but uh from there <laughs> from there right. uh, you know I I love and I just love having this kind of um unstructured I'll call it unstructured day time to mm -hmm. to uh, spend with my uh, husband my daughter my daughter is uh, middle school age and uh, she's uh, she she still is um, enjoying time with her parents so yeah. I'll take advantage of that <laughs> um, but you know I I think about uh, in the work life and how that impacts my ideal Saturday you know just learning and listening about what these rare disease families go through sure and then you know, thinking about that precious time uh, with my family. I, you know, I, so I just like to be with them. And, you know, for me, uh, this time of year, I can say that means outside, maybe right. it's, you know, playing at the beach, the sunshine. Or to the, you know, world's end and explore some, you know, some hidden gem in the woods. But yeah, uh, it's really just about that and spending time together. And I, I love that. At the end of a day like that, I am very, um, very happy. That's, I, I couldn't agree more. I always said my, my children are about the same age and they, so they still are enjoying hanging out with us or so we think we like to think. Uh, and I always say, you know, they say, what do you want to do? I'm like, I just want some of your time. I just, that's it. I just want your time and that's it. So I, I think your ideal Saturday is perfect. It is ideal. It's perfect. 
So <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so I might see you then. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Oh, uh, well, that that's great. Well, all right, listeners, that wraps up our first episode of Cell and Gene, the podcast. Thanks to Enzavan CEO Rochelle Jacques again for your time and insight and everything you've had to offer in this podcast. And we absolutely hope you'll come back and talk to us again. Thanks so much. Absolutely, Erin. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and stick with me because there's plenty more to come. Uh, visit us at sellandgene.com to, dis- to subscribe to our newsletter and we'll see you next time.